0: What's up, fanboys and fangirls? It's Mike and Mark here from LRMOnline.com, bringing you another exciting episode of LRM TV podcast. In this episode, we're looking back at one of our favorite cartoon shows of all time, Batman: The Animated Series. Mark and I discuss some of the background and history and the development of the show, and then kind of go into our own spiel of what we liked—characters, um, episodes, story arcs, and so forth. We talk about some of the great things that came out of this television show and reinvigorated some of the millennials back into comic books when there was kind of a a lull point in the comic book industry, how Batman the Animated Series and even shows like the X-Men and Spider-Man Animated Series kept the comic book genre alive. So take a listen. Let us know what you guys think in the comments section. What was your favorite thing about Batman the Animated Series? Let us know. So let's start off with Batman the Animated Series. So okay, <clears throat> I didn't know this, but under I- IMDB and like its accreditation, it's only given three years from 1992 to 1995, September to September, with a total of what? 85 episodes. Did you know that?
1: Only three years?
0: Yeah, so here's the deal. I, did, I, I swear w- I thought it
1: was more than that. It,
0: well, it is. And, and, um, if you just look up Batman the Animated Series... It's going to give you a three-year gap window. Um, and in September of 1995, the rights of Batman the Animated Series had transitioned from um, Fox to the uh, WB. Yeah. And so when the WB took over, they wanted it to be more... Um, kid-friendly and try to gain more of a younger audience, although it already had a younger audience. So they incorporated Robin as a full-time character and changed it from uh, the Batman the Animated Series to The Adventures of Batman and Robin, which lasted for another three or some odd years. So, yeah, yeah, crazy as it seems. But so this series, which started... Um, in 1992 by, um, Bruce, Tim, and Eric yeah. Rodomowski, um, basically was the, the cartoon version, I would say, of the Tim Burton movies, is, is that what, how you feel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: because, well, Batman Returns was 1991. 92, oh, 90, it was, 92. yeah, it was 92, okay, and uh-huh. this came out right after, um, Batman returns and there's a lot of heavy influences from the the opening um opening number, the music number is based oh, yeah. off of the live action uh, 89 Batman theme. Um a lot of the characters that are portrayed from the uh from the cartoon series are portray- are basically hand in hand with um the movie series and stuff like that, that even uh bruce tim has admitted that the penguin was just basically a, a quick sketch off of danny devito's version of the penguin yeah because um, he basically didn't like the the comic book version of it um on there and then you could
1: tell by the hands too because i think his hands were the same weren't they like, yes that, like
0: that fishy th- yeah or penguinish type hand yep. where it's like a like a flapper almost and stuff yeah like that. um And then this cartoon also gave birth to a lot of new characters. Most importantly, probably, would you say, Harley Quinn, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, there's a lot of young girls right now that probably would not have a cosplay costume um, or any influence uh, whatsoever in the comic books if it wasn't for this cartoon show. It's funny going to comic book uh, conventions today and asking people, like, where do you think Harley Quinn came from, and they don't really even realize it. have that. no idea, right. It was a cartoon well, I mean,
1: she's so embedded into just the Batman, um, you know, just so embedded into the Batman culture now that it, it, you know, you would think that it just came, that she came through with the comics, but no, you're absolutely right, like, it, the animated series was where she got her, her start from.
0: Yep, yeah. and this really gave birth to the the Batman's like kind of rogues gallery of what we know today. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about it, um, the most common used uh villains on this show, of course, Riddler, with Harley Quinn, Penguin, Poison Ivy, uh Mr. Freeze, Mad Hatter, Riddler, Catwoman, and Two-Face. Two-face yeah.
1: Those were they used, they, they used Killer Croc a good bit in the animated series. Yeah,
0: too. they did use Killer Croc and um but there was also a couple newer villains um uh, that they came out with that, you know, so so did okay. But they also used a lot of the older comic book villains that like Count Vertigo, um, yep. M- Clock King, uh was another oh, yeah. one, Mirror Man, um that weren't really popular. Another one that I didn't realize um that um Clayface, basically. I didn't realize that Clayface was an older uh, villain than what he actually was. I thought he was more of in the new, like late '80s, early '90s comic book. But doing the more research on the show is that he was uh, in the uh, '70s and stuff.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but yeah, that Rogues Gallery kind of started it off of you know what we know and see today, um, uh, like with Arrow, with Flash um Gotham you know all using kind of the same core villains as the the antagonists of the shows and I thought for for an animated series the villains were probably you know the best part of the show would you agree or
1: disagree yeah absolutely absolutely I mean and that kind of um you know I think we'll probably get into it in a little bit but um you know talking about some of like the um the best episodes just in general um, one of my favorites. And I think a lot of people like it is the um, almost got Him" Yes. Uh, episode, mm-hmm. which it has all of, of the rogues sitting around a table. Uh, I think they're playing poker or something. Um, but to- talking about that time, they almost got Batman. And then it was like a, a flashback to, to each, you know, individual and what, you know they did to come real close and it was it was you know um joker 2 Face, penguin poison ivy um i don't know if riddler was in that one uh but and then well killer croc who you know ended up spoiler being batman in the um just in that episode mm-hmm. but you know i think uh i think you're right there is that that's what really i think gained a lot of the acclaim for these villains and really kind of um I don't know, kind of set the tone for what was to be expected. You know, even when you look at the characters now or in, um, you know, any of the Arkham games or anything like that, I think a good majority of their characterization, obviously from the comics, but really there's a strong depiction from Batman the Animated Series. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this is the first time that a an animated um um series has really had such an impact in the rest of the genre oh without a doubt the the rest of the comics and the rest of the video games um i feel like it's usually the other way around
0: yes yeah i mean you think about this this television show alone what it produced it produced one of the most um successful animated movies of all time with batman Mask of the Phantasm Mask of the Phantasm um, yep. I went and yeah. saw that in the theater yeah that was one of the, from TV to film one of the best uh, movie uh, animated films that you know had been out in that time it was 1993 um, and then you see the spin-offs from it or what was the series that were created I mean the success of the show created a Superman cartoon show right um, all the different Justice Leagues that we've seen over the years uh, wouldn't be possible without this Um, there's the Spider-Man animated TV series that came after, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think what helped it out too was that it was balanced really well with the X-Men animated series at the same time, and they kind of were, that's what really pushed Marvel and DC's animated, you know, series to go head-to-head and make sure that they were producing, you know, quality, um, you know, television shows that were animated, and it took a lot of risks. It went serious.
1: Well, I think that's really what kind of drove the um, kind of comeback, I guess you could say, um, of really the comic genre, at least during that time. Because, yeah, they were starting to come come back in the 80s and 90s, you know, and I mean, Batman 89 really helped a lot with that. But Mm -hmm. then you're right, like, obviously, because the X-Men cartoon came out first, right?
0: yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and
1: and that kind of really got the ball rolling so then at that time then if you think about it you know you had x-men batman and like you said spider-man um you know and, and ninja turtles were still rolling um so you really had a lot of uh and you know that was when you still had saturday morning cartoons and all that so that started to pull a lot of just kind of your everyday average people into the comic books based off of the uh, cartoons
0: right i mean and so when you look at it just by title alone, it says you know on imdb credits it was from 1992 to 1995 but throughout the changes of the name and with some little differences here and there um, it finally finished off as the batman adventures and it was the last episode of what we know as the batman animated series uh, was in two thousand and four. So from nineteen ninety two to two thousand four, although it changed names, it was still based off of the same concept of what Bruce Tim and Eric Radomowski um created. And that's an I like a feat that probably won't we won't see, you know, in the superhero comic genre ever again. You know, no. there mm. there's things like The Simpsons that have been on forever and you know, Family Guy and so forth that have done it. But to to take a comic book character and use that adaptation and keep it fresh and new and you know that newer audiences can jump on into it is it's pretty amazing
1: the uh, you know what else was really good with the two aside from like the tone but the i mean obviously the voice acting which we'll probably get to but the music do you remember the music
0: yeah i mean that was, it was stellar
1: yeah it was just so good and kind of not like scary dark but i mean you know i remember two faces music like when it, you know how kind of each character had their own type of, like, kind of background music when they came on. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, Two Faces was pretty was pretty creepy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and you know what, though? It, like, it gave characters that, you know, I was reading, you know, I read the comic books and, you know, I was growing up and stuff like that. But, like, there were villains that I... like. I guess were underutilized in the comic book series that never really got to feel like their personality while reading, but seeing like a poison Ivy on that show Mm -hmm. and her way of like seduction and stuff Mm -hmm. that really gave me kind of the concept of who she was and stuff. Um,
1: Yeah. I I like what you said there. Like you said, especially for a lot of like the lesser known characters, like a poison Ivy, um, like a mad hatter uh, or like a man bat, even, you know, some of those individuals who you really got a different feel for. Which I I like, I said I I love the the series. Probably um, between my my two favorite cartoons ever growing up would have been Ninja Turtles and Batman the Animated Series.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's in my it's it's probably number one for me. Uh, it's yeah. definitely in my top three. But it, if I had to like pick and choose who what would I watch first, probably Batman the Animated Series. Um, another uh, character that really shined in this show that really didn't have, he was popular, wasn't really popular though in the comic book series, got his presence on the show, and was a big time influence for Batman Begins and Christopher Nolan's using it, was Ra's al Ghul. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah, Ra's, you know, was a a B-level character, you know, antagonist in, in the comic book series. He had a couple good story arcs in the 80s but this show really showed that um, that there was an equal to 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 Bruce that there yeah. was somebody that could out or not outwit him but you know man to man
1: yeah he was physically and mentally. mentally like it felt like with most individuals you had there there was some aspect where they could match Batman, but not all of them. Right, and really because I think it was um, maybe the Demon's Quest, which was one of the main ones that uh, he was in, uh-huh. uh, really showed that how on a, a mental and a physical level, like he was, he was there with Batman.
0: Yeah, and so with that, and doing a little research on Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan's did credit that when he was contemplating who to use in Batman Begins, because. There wasn't really a set storyline of Bruce's character away from Gotham learning how to become, uh, you know, the man he is to become Batman. There's, you know, here, uh, like, little myths and smaller stories where he traveled to Japan, traveled to to India and so forth and learned martial arts and all these different type of techniques and uh, how to use chemicals and everything like that. But there wasn't a solid storyline, and so when he had read some of the comics and did his research, he noticed that in the animated series that Bruce Tim really made Ra's al Ghul as that that match that every episode that you saw with Ra's, there was never a clear decisive winner. It was always a you know it was almost like a draw every single time, and he wanted to use that for Batman Begins. So that just shows another major influence that this um, this show had for that's lasted as long as as it's had right Mm -hmm. so favorite character from this show
1: oh man oh that is a tough one um you know uh so i I mean it's really easy to go to some of the you know main guy you know you have obviously joker mark hamill who is uh, just outstanding without a doubt yeah um you know, just I think there's easier ones to go to, but I think one of the ones that I found the most intriguing, uh, was, was the scarecrow in this series.
0: Yes, that was a good I one. I
1: really enjoyed the scarecrow. Um, there was uh, one episode I forget, uh, Nothing to Fear, I think it was. Um, and that was kind of the first, uh, you know, where Jonathan Crane was still working at Gotham University, mm-hmm. um, and Robin was going to Gotham University, and and it just, it, you know, like I said, it was just so dark, not scary dark, but just like pretty deep for a cartoon. You know what I mean? Um, and I felt like before that, at least from what I had seen in the comics, i I had prior to that always seen the Scarecrow. Like he seemed kind of like a wuss almost mm-hmm. like, yeah, he had his fear toxin, but that was just kind of it. But I don't know, something about that and, like, just the mind manipulation and the toll that it took on, you know, just all the other characters, like, really, um, I don't know, just really stuck out to me um, in the series. Yeah. What about you?
0: Mine is, it's kind of funny because it's a char- it's a common character and stuff, like, but I hmm. love this version of the Catwoman. You know, it was Selina. Oh, Kyle. yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's a good one. Because we had Batman Returns and Michelle's Pfeiffer's like version, Selena Kyle, yeah. you know, was a secretary gets you know that can't stand up for herself and is you know very timid. Gets you know of course uh, pushed out of a window by Christopher Walken himself, and then <laughs> you know goes psychotic and becomes you know the Catwoman based off of revenge. This version of Selena Kyle is a Catwoman that is not necessarily. A villain, but a thief, and turns mm-hmm. into villain, but then you know balances, you know, but or goes between the lines of good and evil a lot on this show, and I love that that type of a character where you can't really tell whether or not she's good or bad, right? You know, yep. but she's selfish, where she's gonna make sure that she's the benefit, you know, of every situation, and you look at the dark knight returns um and what was the actress's name that played catwoman um and hathaway and hathaway or dark knight rises the dark knight rises yeah and hathaway um that that version of it is basically almost not 100 percent, but a, a, a good copy of the animated series and i mean
1: you look at you know you look at uh um batman arkham city it's mm-hmm. the same sort of you know same thing Um, you know, and and yeah, obviously a lot of that is from the comics as well, but it's like you said, I think we saw much more of that in, in the animated series, which then kind of, um, trickled out to the, and really that's what we see on Gotham, the TV show. That's what we're starting to see, you know, like Selena is a thief and she's this kind of back and forth, uh, kind of struggle with her and that's, you know, extremely, was extremely commonplace in the animated series. The Batman the Animated Series, you know, you and I have been talking about some of these things that we watched like when we were kids, and if they would hold up now. I honestly think that if if you were to throw on Batman the Animated Series and I, I think it would still last. I think it would still be just fine.
0: Yeah oh without a doubt. Um you know another character I was thinking about too is uh the show that it really changed my thought process on villains. Was Victor Freeze's portrayal on this show?
1: Oh, yeah, it made mm-hmm. you
0: really sympathize with him because the way that mm-hmm. they portrayed him, even though he was a villain, he was doing everything for his wife, Nora. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. that kind of as a kid blew my mind because uh, you know, we're so taught at a young age there's good and evil and there's right. right and wrong, but then what do you do when you're trying to save a loved one and
1: you, you've exhausted? They kind of did the same thing with uh, Dr. Kirk Langstrom, Man Bat. Yes, that too. You know, right. He wasn't he wasn't used as much, but when they did use him, I, I kind of felt that way too.
0: Yeah. Even Harvey Dent for a little bit, you know, with Two-Face. Oh, yeah. Because when they did the origin episodes and how he transitions and he's kind of really like pushed and forced into, he's you know, he's really fighting with those multiple personalities inside of him and he's kind of forced into it and turns into Two-Face and he, you know, it tries to get help and so forth and doesn't you know, work.
1: And, and another thing that the series did, it really did that balance of, you know, the freaks versus the, um, you know, the Gotham Underground because you had, what was it, Rupert Thorne, I think it was. Remember him? Yes. Who, he wasn't, you know, in, in essence, he was the, um, you know, Falcone, Maroni character all kind of rolled into one. Um, but they still really, really had that sort of, with it as well so i just thought they did a, a great job of using so many different characters and really kind of um you know just grasping uh the concept of the batman that we all know and love and i think it is a testament to the series is if you've ever seen like you know the top rated jokers or you know listing all of them usually number one you know most people be like you know, oh Heath Ledger, which obviously you know Heath is up there, but like usually number one is Mark Hamill's Joker. Yes, and, and that says something that out of you know these different depictions from you know whatever genre it was, you know, you know whether it's Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, or or anybody else, Hugh Romero, um, having the animated series Joker as like the number one like that that says a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to to look through the cast of this show. And see how many like great actors and actresses were on this. So of course you have Mark Hamill, who we all know and love, you know, as Luke Skywalker. But you know, for some people, he is the Joker. Then mm-hmm. that are, people who aren't Star Wars fans probably consider Mark Hamill more of Joker than Luke Skywalker. Kevin Conroy came on, oh, and, man, it's, and it's, his yeah. voice kind of, e- even though Michael Keaton started it with the the two different voices between. You know, Bruce and and Batman, we all feel like Kevin Conroy really solidified how Batman should be in talk. Um, Yeah. There's Bob Hastings, who was uh, Commissioner Gordon. I mean, Bob Mm -hmm. Hastings basically, you know, has a career that, you know, goes all the way back to World War II days. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, then you look at Melissa Gilbert, who played. batgirl you know barbara gordon mm-hmm. and stuff she you know she's has a, a a big actress uh acting career but then you also look at some other actors for instance uh ron perlman you know mm-hmm. who's hellboy yeah. who's on sons of uh sons of anarchy um he played uh clayface you
1: know? yeah oh yeah clayface
0: yeah mark singer was uh man bat or kirk langstrom you mm-hmm. know uh, Ed Asner. I mean, come on. My grandfather watched Ed Asner growing up <laughs> and stuff like that. But he played um Roland Daggett. And so oh, yeah. I mean, those are just a couple of the, the actors that I was able to go through and find that um but it's amazing.
1: You know, and I think even when it comes to not only the voice actors but just the portrayal of the characters themselves, um I, you know, you mentioned a couple of I mean, you know, you said like Batgirl and and Clayface, um and even with uh, Robin, you know, I think these are sometimes characters that seem so campy or can come across as campy in uh, the comics or like they don't really fit into this world. But, you know, they did such a good job of, of bringing them into the series and keeping it in the same kind of tone. You know, um, Robin's Reckoning, I don't know if you remember that episode or I think it was a couple episodes, but, um, you know, it was kind of the formation of Robin and him going up trying to find the Zucos, and I mean, it was just extremely well done and I, I think it actually received some fairly um large awards too.
0: Was that the one where was where it was when he recruited Tim Drake? Or was that the Dick Grayson one?
1: No, it was the Dick Grayson one. Oh, okay. Remember uh, there
0: was, was one there was when they like what was it? Was it
1: Oh, that is right. Tim yeah. Drake
0: or no, it was a Jason Todd. No, wait, it goes Dick Grayson. Jason Todd, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, then Tim Drake, then Damien. or yeah, yeah, and I want to say like, there was one I can't remember if it was Tim or or Jason Todd.
1: Um, let me
0: look at it real quick. I say uh,
1: during the earlier Batman the Animated Series that like initial uh, one, it was they Tim only Drake. With...
0: Okay, yeah, so yeah, the so when they switched over from. Uh, fox to warner brothers yeah. fox it was the older it was the older robin dick grayson they skipped over jason todd because they feared that that storyline would eventually come uh, down to yeah you know the killing by the joker and stuff right so in the animated series there was no jason todd it went from dick grayson to tim drake and uh, dick okay. grayson became nightwing that's what it was but there was that that similar type of episode i remember later on in the When it was the Adventures of Batman and Robin, they did with um, with Tim Drake how he he found him basically in an alleyway trying to you know rip the the tires off the um the the Batmobile and everything like that. Yeah, okay, I remember that. So no, it's just amazing like how much I learned from this this show. And I thought I knew Batman growing up as a kid, and then I watched this show and I learned so much more out of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um what what was your favorite episode, storyline? Did you have like a, a an arc? You know, there was a couple times it did like a two story or two episode um, arc. You
1: know, I think the arc that I really looked forward to um was the two face arc. Um because I think it was I think it was two episodes, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was at least two episodes. Yeah, it had to be but, at least two episodes. I remember yeah, that. yeah, but um I really enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed Two-Face as a villain. Um, and I, I was looking forward to finally seeing him on on TV. Um and you know, and they you know, I was obviously did it com- the role complete justice. Um, and you also like you said you sympathized for him a little bit. Um and it was a little bit different from the, you know, the courtroom origin, but it still had Um, you know, it's own kind of twist to it. Uh, but I, I think that was probably my favorite to kind of see that, but then also see how close Jim and, um, Harvey were, or I'm sorry, Jim, uh, Bruce and Harvey were. Um, and then you could tell, and it's like, it's been the comics, but you could tell that like Bruce had lost a friend out of this, you know? Um, so just uh, on the like emotional level as well, um, you know, it was really awesome And the thing I I like about the series is that usually for, you know, cartoons or whatever series, the best are usually in, like, a little arc like that. But Mm -hmm. he's also had so many good, like, single episodes that, um, you know, whatever it was, uh, was just always – I forget the name of the one. Do you you remember the one where it was um, Harley and Poison Ivy, like um, like their show? uh,
0: Was it – it wasn't Birds of Prey, was it? No. It, no there was one that so. was titled Birds of Prey that was focused on the yeah. girls. But yeah, right. but
1: I thought that was awesome too. Yeah.
0: I uh, love that. But, I love that the show did those episodes where it didn't really focus on Batman, where Batman would only be in it for like two minutes, three minutes. It was mainly right. focused on other characters.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I would probably, for the arc itself, I would have to say probably the Two-Face story arc.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit different. Um Mine's more or less. It's it was done a couple times, and it was um, th- the theme of it basically was you know how everybody almost had batman but didn't get him and ended up being that batman always had the upper advantage and so storylines like almost got him the cape and the cow when Mm -hmm. um and those those are the two main ones that they did where basically it's a storyline where you you think batman's done and that you know he's done with and it's over and then boom right at the end he pops up and he was either killer croc or he was the guy telling the story so forth i mean um it it was just original. I love that type of thing where it wasn't. It, there was a a nice subtle twist at the end.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. So,
0: v- it wouldn't have happened. All these other you know great video games, great animated series, comic book you know storylines that we see today. If it wasn't for this, I mean, this show won multiple awards. You know, daytime Emmy awards, Annie awards, Saturn awards. Um, it led into. Um, an animated movie that released in theaters, and, you know, the music's iconic, the the voices are iconic. Um, you know, th- this is the grandfather, I would say, of cartoon series. Like, you, you don't have a lot of the animated series that we have today without this one. Would you agree?
1: No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So...
0: Well, that's it for our coverage of Batman the animated series. Let us know what you guys thought about it. Uh, do you agree with us? Was the Batman animated series the you know, f- you know the the beginnings of all what we've seen so far? Um, and from there, let us know what your thoughts are on um, what your favorite animated show was during the late '80s, early '90s, and so forth. And is there a better show than Batman the animated series? Let us know in the comments section below.